Welcome to episode number five of the Movie Zelts podcast. I am your host, Tom, and I'm joined alongside, again this week, or this episode, Paul and Joe. Say hello, fellas. Hey. Hey there. I said say hello. Neither of you guys did that. Well, I didn't say <laughs> fellas either. I was waiting. That's Paul's Yo, thing bros, now. I'm not come allowed on. to jump in on it. So this is, again, episode number five, and this week we are discussing, this is a uh, movie rewind. And what that means is we're going to go back, re rewatched a movie of the past, and this week we rewatched Big Trouble in Little China, the 1986 film. Fantastic. But before we get to that, of course, you guys know what time it is, don't you? It is Alexa, quote of the show. The Alexa, quote of the show. And may the odds be ever in your favor. That's right. Now, right now, Paul is down. He's down 10 to Joe's 16. That's right. Joe, last week, first time ever, got a perfect 10 points. Unbelievable. Never thought it would happen, but he did it. You heard it here first. Go back. If you haven't listened to that episode, listen to that and uh, see his uh, his victory with 10 points with an asterisk, might, might I say, because he did come up with the third name after the uh, pens were down, per se. But Paul, being the sportsman that he is, he allowed it and gave him the 10 points. Fantastic. But this week, the Alexa quote of the show, I hope Joe's lead doesn't expand. This, actually, we have two quotes for this movie. I liked them both, so I added them in. So here's quote number one of the Alexa quote of the show for this episode. Brother life's a bitch and she's back in heat. Now, apparently, Alexa doesn't say bitch. <laughs> so... She edited herself. Brother life's a bitch and she's back in heat. So it's brother life's a bitch and she's back in heat. Brother life's a bitch and she's back in heat. Now, you may be like, I wonder what that means. But here, this one, if you don't know this one, then you don't know this movie. And that would be a crying shame. I know Joe will know this movie. So, Paul, this is on you, buddy. You ready for this? Ready. I've come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass and I'm all out of bubblegum. I've come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass, and I'm all out of bubblegum. Okay. Oh, Paul's writing, so he must have an idea. I know Joe knows the movie. If he knows anything else, well, I know he knows at least one other thing about it, but... Oh, this is exciting. So here's... Uh, well, while they write, here are the, here are the uh, quotes once again. Brother life's a bitch, and she's back in heat. That's right. I've come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass, and I'm all out of bubblegum. Oh, yeah. She says it's just as good as the actor who said it in the film. Wow. You can really you can really feel her, <laughs> her sarcasm in that. I've come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass, and I'm all out of bubblegum. Oh, she's out of bubblegum. I think I don't know the right movie then, but I'm going to give it a shot. Oh, I, you know, I like your spirit, Paul. You need to put the dramatic pause. You need to really put the reinforce the comma with Alexa. Yeah, you can't really do that. <laughs> I've tried that, believe it or not. I've tried many, many attempts to get her to say it in my tone. It doesn't work. Doesn't I, I can't act can't it out. Can't force a pause. She listens. No, yeah. I could, no, there's no way to do it. It's exciting, though. Very exciting. So, Paul, are you ready? I see you're not I'm typing. Or you're, not, you're not doing anything there. Joe, are you ready? I am ready. All right, so... Uh, since Paul went first last time, let's go. Let's start with Joe. Joe, give me the movie. The movie is They Live. You are correct. John Carpenter classic. Indeed it is. Give me the year, please. I went with 1988. 
Holy mother. All right. Give me the top three. Now, there's no way you're getting the three. There's no possible way. I have Rowdy Roddy Piper as number one. Okay. And I literally know the name of nobody else in this movie. <laughs> I, I have nothing. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. I cannot blame you on that one because, yeah, these two people, I don't know who they are. All right. Paul, come on, baby. Give it to us. What you got? No, I, 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 I've big goose egg. I thought maybe it was Die Hard. Oh, oh die hard. All right. Okay, well, you still get the year. What year did you go? 88? Do you win 88? You got the two points. Did oh, I really? Yes. That's it crazy. Is 88. It is 88. Uh, I'm presuming you did not get any. <laughs> no, I, I did not get any of the Roddy Roddy Piper is John McClane. <laughs> <laughs> I would watch that. I would watch that. That would be awesome. Holy mackerel. Wow. Joe, you expanded your lead by two this wow. week. So, uh, overall, Paul has 12. Paul got two. He got the, well, he only got the year. So, thank God you got that year, Paul. Uh, Joe, you got the movie, you got the year, and you got the first build person. Uh, build number two is Keith David, which I presume is that black dude. I can only imagine that's him, right? Yeah. It'd have to be. So, let's face it. Keith David does not sound like a very black name. <laughs> and Here's the check. The third person is Meg Foster, which I guess is that lady. She's the blonde with lady. With the eyes. Yeah. Is that the one with like, the weird eyes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just remember those eyes. Were, there's something about them. I don't know what, what it was, but there's something about her eyes. So, uh, you got four points. So, now, overall, it's 20 to 12. Joe's in the lead. Uh, wow. Unbelievable. Upset in the making. However, like I said... Uh, down the line, I feel like that gap's going to kind of go the other way. Cut into uh, rather uh, quickly. Uh, but yes, this is Big Trouble in Little China, 1986, PG-13, with a running time of one hour and 39 minutes. The director, like Joe said, was John Carpenter. He uh, directed films such as The Thing, They Live. Well, obviously, They Live. We just did a quote from them. Halloween, Escape from New York, Escape from L.A., uh, and he's done a, a ton of other things. Uh, cast a note, Kurt Russell, uh, Kim Cattrall and Dennis Dunn. I'm not sure which one. Dan, I guess Dennis Dunn is the, well, that doesn't sound Chinese name or anything. So I don't, I don't know. Hmm. I'm not sure who Dennis Dunn is actually. Uh, let's go to the reviews. The IMDB gives it 7.3 out of 10. So that's a pretty good rating, right? Uh, Rotten Tomatoes, the critics, you guys want to guess, because this is a uh, old classic film, I'm going to let you guys guess on the critic the critic percentage. What do you guys think? Oh, but it's it's a cult classic, right? Because it kind yes. of bombed. It, it bombed. The, I was, it bombed yeah, I was one of like nine people who saw it in the theaters. <laughs> I mean, literally, we went there like opening weekend, and the place was empty. All right, so. 67%. I think the, crit, I think the critics hated it. It was like somewhere, I'm going to say somewhere in the 40s. 42. Critics, 82%. Huh. 82% of the critics gave it a positive review. Remember, this is Rotten Tomatoes. Wow. Okay, now, Rotten Tomatoes, the audience. What do you think the audience? Now, this is users who gave it 3.5 out of 5 or higher. But, see, I don't know that this is even... Well, I mean, it doesn't really reflect when it came out. Right, because, I mean... No, this is also was, reviews now, so, yeah. And and this probably... I mean, Rotten Tomatoes wasn't around when this movie came out, nope. right? I mean... Well, it takes the the old ones, too, right? I mean... 
Yeah, but anyone who's really, reviewed it, it can't really reflect it very well. The old movies like that, I can't imagine. I didn't ask you whether it reflected it well or not. I just asked you what do you think the audience was. So audience probably thought ninety five percent because I think if you're going to bother to review it, you're going to review it well because it's. I mean, really, I mean. Yeah, I like your uh, use of the word "well" there instead of "review it good." Good job, or "well thank, job." Thank you. I I know <laughs> I know good words. You know good words. Yeah, so I know I know many big word. <laughs> <laughs> all right joe what do you think i i agree with him i go 95 uh, actually it is 82 percent as well so both the critics and the audiences are exactly the same 82 percent which i think is a pretty good rating because i think that was a, was a good movie now box office the budget was 25 million dollars opening weekend <laughs> and that was july 6th 1986 it made 2.7 million that's not a good sign. Yeah, <laughs> gross in the gross in the U.S. as of uh, January fourteenth, two thousand seventeen, which is a weird. <laughs> I guess I, I don't know why that date. Why that's the date? Eleven point one million. And worldwide gross, there was nothing. I couldn't find anything about a worldwide gross on this movie. I assume it was released in other places, uh, but there was no data on that. So the only thing I know is that in the U.S. It made eleven point one million. The budget was twenty five. So yeah, so yes, it was definitely a bomb. Uh, of note, things interesting. The Chinese characters in the main title translate to "evil spirits make a big scene in little spiritual state." So there you go. There's something. <laughs> Raiden from Mortal Kombat fighting video game series, while David Lopan was the inspiration for the evil sorcerer Sheng Sung. Wait a second. Did I misread that? Raiden from Mortal Kombat fighting video game series. Huh. When I copied pasted some of these notes, I guess I, <laughs> I messed it up. Cause I, so, yeah. So, Raiden from Mortal Kombat was, uh, was the uh, inspiration for that one uh, electric guy, I think, is what they're saying. And David Lopan was the inspiration for the evil sorcerer, Shang Tsung, which I guess is a guy, a character in Mortal Kombat. So, they kind of took from each other, I guess, a that's what that's saying. Now, here's the interesting little thing. Kurt Russell turned down the lead role of Connor McLeod. McLeod? McLeod? Ah, damn it. Uh, from Highlander. Well, basically, the leading role of Highlander, 1986, to appear in this film. Both movies were made and released by 20th, 20th Century Fox. So he could have taken Christopher Lambert's place and been uh, the Highlander. I can't really picture Jack Burton as the Highlander. Isn't that weird? And... I guess because Je uh, Christopher Lambert would have nothing better to do, he'd be Jack Burton. Who would have thought? <laughs> that would have stunk. Yeah. McLeod? McLeod, maybe. McLeod. Oh, yeah, it was McLeod. McLeod. Yes. It's M-A-C-L-E-O-D. How do you yeah, pronounce McLeod. it? McLeod. That's McLeod? McLeod? Haven't you ever seen Highlander? I have. Huh. That's, Just watch that's the movie. They say McLeod. McLeod. Yeah. That's the only reason I came up with McLeod. Not by the name, because I never get McLeod from that, that spelling. Anyway, uh, according to John Carpenter, the opening of the film with Egg Shin uh, in the lawyer's office was added in at the request of 20th Century Fox executives in order to make Kurt Russell's character, Jack Burton, more heroic. They didn't get the idea that Jack being a... They didn't get the idea of Jack being a sidekick rather than a hero. Without the added scene, the film would have started with Jack driving to San Francisco. Which I, I tend to agree. If you look, if you look at the movie without that opening scene, 
It wouldn't establish him as the protagonist. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's just kind of a, you know, he's just there for along for the ride, really. I mean, he did end up killing. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You you wouldn't want to think that the Asian guy was the hero, yeah. right? That would be hard. Yeah, Twentieth Century Fox had never <laughs> let that happen. Wow! Wow! <laughs> All right. Let's go to the next thing. Uh, according to John Car- Carpenter and Kurt Russell in the DVD commentary, the story was originally written as a western. But Carpenter decided to set it during modern times. They even mention that instead of Jack Burton's truck being stolen, it was originally a horse. Ha! How in the heck would that? That would be a weird movie, right? All these elect, all these uh, supernatural people Going on. in the West. And when they piled seven people onto the horse to escape at the end, that would have been awkward. <laughs> <laughs> but I keep the keys under my. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> uh, such good stuff. Uh, John Carpenter and Kurt Russell explain on the audio. Uh, commentary that the test screening was so overwhelmingly positive that both of them expected it to be a big hit. However, 20th Century Fox put little into promoting the movie and it ended up being a box office bomb. In addition, the film was released in the midst of the hype for Aliens 1986, which was released 16 days afterwards. However, it went on to be a huge cult hit through home video, Carpenter and Russell explained that the reason the studio did little to promote the film was because they simply did not know how to promote it, which makes sense because the movie, how do you promote that movie? I, I don't know. Action, it's horror, action. comedy, kung fu. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's kind of everything, right? It's This is the fourth of five films John Carpenter and Kurt Russell have done together. Can you guys name the other uh, four? Obviously, there's these escape from movies, yeah. right? How many yeah. of there were, were there? Two yep, of them? the two escapes in the thing. Oh, yeah. good job, Joe. And the other one, I don't, I don't think you're going to get. It's a 1979 movie, Elvis. Huh. Guess yeah, I wouldn't have gotten that, that one. No. No. No, but hey, The Thing. I love The I Thing. I love The Thing. It's one of my favorite movies. Let me tell you something. You know what I love about The Thing? Uh, you, do you see the remake, Joe? I did. Or I guess the new movie? The new one. The... the, uh, the end of that is the beginning of the original did you, did you catch that i think the dog runs away and it goes into the thing and that's the beginning of the 1982 version so i love the way they did that that's pretty hmm. awesome love the thing love both things but i love the original thing uh even more yeah so now you, you shouldn't really you, you really shouldn't you really shouldn't call it the original thing because you know the thing was a remake of uh, like a 50s movie it the thing from outer space or oh, whatever damn you paul <laughs> <Is that laughs> Oh, man. Okay. The, the original the one in Tom's thing. mind. <laughs> Tom's world is only so big, Paul, and you don't want to shatter it. <laughs> <laughs> My brain only has so much uh, space, Paul. I can't... Yeah. Anything before 1978... <laughs> or 75, because yeah. Jaws, right? Anything before that, but forget about it. I'm out. If he has to learn something new, he has to forget something he already knows. <laughs> yeah, and I can't afford to do that. In the scene where Kurt Russell is attempting to infiltrate the brother brothel brother wow brothel he's wearing the same outfit that he wore in used cars which is the movie he was in in 1980 oh nice you guys remember that movie i do it was him and uh robin williams right uh i think so i don't remember we have to do that as a a movie rewind uh yeah so he's he's wearing the same exact outfit that's kind of cool uh, the ending song, which I love, by the way. The greatest. And, and you will hear it. You will hear the ending song with my own remix of Jack Burton quotes at the end of this episode. So don't turn it off. Listen to it. Fantastic. 
The ending song is written and sung by the Coupe de Villes, a band formed by John Carpenter, Nick Castle, and Tommy Lee Wallace, second unit director on this picture. So, yeah, they made the band. Uh, like you said before, Joe, uh, off air, John Carpenter did a lot of his own music um, for his films. So, uh, yeah, I, this is such a great, I love this song. It, it's so good. Yeah, I like all his music. Everything like uh, Vampires and They Live. I mean, he he writes all the music that underlies all those movies, and it just really sets yeah, a great I tone. It. And I guess, like I said, listen to the ending. Uh, after I say uh, my final farewell, listen to that song. Uh, I added in the Jack Burton quotes. Oh, so good. Uh, right before the end credits, when Jack Burton is driving his truck and talking on his CB radio, he says, you just listen to old Pork Chop Express here now and take his advice on a dark and stormy night when the lightning's crashing and the thunder's rolling and the rain's coming down. Now that is paying homage to the names of the three storms in Lopan's bodyguards, which I never realized before I read that. Yeah, because, you know, the, those three people, those three mm-hmm. supernatural beings. The thunder, the, the lightning, lightning, and the thunder, rain. That's what, yeah, that's that's those th- lightning's crashing, thunder's rolling, and rain's coming down. Hmm. So that's interesting. How self-referential. And that is... Uh, that particular quote is in my remix. So listen to the end. You'll hear it. His words, he'll do it much better than I just did it. <laughs> well, that's the great thing about this movie because so many of the quotes in the movie, if you just write them down, they, they're just kind of stupid. <laughs> but but he pulls them. I mean, he just has such presence that they come off uh, so great. Like, son of a bitch must pay. Yeah. Comes off as the coolest thing in the world. Yeah, I know. And you know, and he, I think, I don't know if I have it on here, but like he worked out and stuff before getting into, like, before filming this role. And generally, I, I think he's probably a, a pretty handsome dude. But there are scenes in this movie he looks like a truck driver. Like he, 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 he's like he's very like truck driver. Not that all truck drivers are ugly or whatever, but he's <laughs> he's very just he's rugged. You know, he's just like, oh man, this guy's rough looking. And the fact that he could. Uh, uh, get Kim Cattell or Cattrall to like him is almost hard to believe. (laughs) It's all personality based. That the way he walks away from her at the end. Absolute (laughs) genius. You going to kiss her? No. (laughs) Love it. Uh, In the wedding scene where Lopan is putting the needle of love in, uh, boy, I'm going to kill this. I can't say American names. I definitely can't say this one. Mayo Yin. Mao Yin. Mao Yin. Oh, oh yeah, that's the name of the lady in the film. Okay, okay, never mind. Uh, Needle of Love in Miao Yin. James Kahn actually stat- or jabbed Suki Pal too hard. Uh, you can see her flinch as she puts it in, puts as he puts it in her. And I did notice this in the film because I pu- I made these notes before I rewatched it again. And in that scene, you can see where he's going da da da, and he sticks in, and she like does a little flinch. You can see it if you watch it. <laughs> it's super good. Uh, next note. Uh, the bride's Lopan must have green eyes. Yet Kim Cattrall Kitt- and Susie Pai, or Pei, P-A-I, anybody knows the proper pronunciation of that? Pai, Pai, Pei, I don't know. Pei, probably. And Susie Pei have brown eyes in real life. Both wore green contacts for the movie. This is very obvious in the high-definition version of the film. Uh, I didn't notice that. But I wasn't really looking for it either, though. I could kind of, you could tell that Kim, Kim Cattrall's eyes was not, because it, they wore those contacts that are just too green, you know? It's, just, it's obvious they're trying to cover up the oh, eye okay. underneath. Uh, Jack, or yeah, Kurt Russell based Jack Burton on John Wayne. In Escape from New York, 
he based Snake Plissken as on uh, Clint Eastwood. So that's a little interesting thing. Now, this is an interesting thing they have said. Body count. Anybody want to guess how many people died in Big Trouble in Little China? It's a very interesting little fact that they put factoid they put into the the notes. It's a, I, I've never seen any other movie where they gave the body count. So this is odd. It's got to be north of 100. 25? Is it 100, really? They killed a lot of people. Well, give me a guess. I mean, actual deaths that we see on screen, right? Not just implied deaths, right? All the note was is body count, colon, a number. So that's all I know. 84. Okay, Joe's 84. Paul? Uh, we'll go 55. Oh, Paul's closest, but he did go over, so no one wins. 46. 46. Because they chopped down body that entire perfect. gang in the alley. I mean, that was they were going through people in that scene. I don't know. Well, huh. I, I don't know if I have it in these notes, but I saw uh, different notes I read that they reuse the same people <laughs> as both gangs. So maybe they don't count the same person getting killed as different people. <laughs> killed twice. <laughs> well, I guess maybe all well, those weren't fatalities too. I just, uh, every time somebody got hit, I was like, yeah, he's done. Wow. Yeah. I don't, I don't know about that. 46 is a, the body count. Okay. As lightning, the character, one of the three storms they're referring to is crushed to death near the end of the film. Some of the lightning he emits forms a small Chinese symbol as it disappears uh, near the top bottom of the screen. The symbol translates to Carpenter, a nod to the director. And I did notice this. Again, this is another thing that I noticed while I was rewatching the movie, that yes, as he dies, you know, um, uh, 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 what's his name? Throws that statue down and he kills him. Yeah, Egg Shen. And the lightning comes up. Yeah, a li- yeah, Egg Shen, thank you. Uh, a little symbol is shown and that's uh, that's interesting, hmm. right? So uh, rewatch it for the third time. <laughs> You've only seen it oh, three times. Oh my god! Well, I, I mean, I mean, you watch it. I uh, know. Okay, never mind. Yeah, no, I've seen it many more times than that. But I mean, third time. I've no. I can't. <laughs> I can't describe what that means. Never mind. Let's move on. Uh, oh, this is very interesting. This is a little fact that you guys didn't know. And uh, after I read this, I looked at it, and I can definitely see it. It's true. The interior of Egg Chin's garage slash office is Fire Station 23, the same building used as the business interior in Ghostbusters. Wow. I know, right? Wow. Did I know that? That is awesome. You guys aren't nearly as impressed by that as I thought you would. <laughs> I thought that was awesome. When I rewatched it, I'm like, oh, yeah, I can, I can definitely see how that was the Ghostbusters. Okay. All right, my last note. Oh, this is it, Joe. You ready for this? Okay. Currently being developed for a remake starring Dwayne Johnson. You better believe it. Oh, my God. I don't know how to feel about the that. Rock. <laughs> I love The, the rock, rock, but it's the perfect movie. I don't know if anyone ever wants to remake it. I have no idea. Yeah, it's so weird. God, how would you do that? Different. I don't know, but I bet you The Rock can do it. If anyone can, it'll be The Rock. <laughs> I love The Rock. Yeah, so... Yeah, wouldn't that be awesome if they remade that movie? Oh my god! Especially since it was such a, it was a box office bomb. I guess because of the home video and stuff, uh, they're like, oh yeah, this it came is around. A great. Well, movie. people have been begging them to make a sequel for years and years. I mean, they've been there's petitions online all over the place. Well, this uh, little known fact: this past summer, 2017, uh, they released a comic, a uh, Big Trouble in Little China comic. So, um, I, I actually. I saw, I, I didn't read the whole thing, but I, I saw it and uh, I was looking at it 
So, you know, it did come, you know, Big Trouble in Little China has come back in, in essence, really, in the comic form. Uh, but yeah, man, if they make a... Oh, I'll be all over <laughs> it. That's an opening night type of thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's, the, that's where sure you're, you're hoping the theater it. will show both of them in the same night and you just get to go watch them oh, both. Oh, that would be awesome. That would be the, the way to do it. That oh, that'd be, you'd have to. Oh, man. Because I think it was oh, the title God. of the movie is what killed it back in the 80s. No one knew what the, you know, the 80s was the 80s. Yeah. yeah. When I, and I heard that some of, some of it was the, the Golden Child came out a similar time period. I read that, Paul. And that this has a similar Yeah, uh, I read that, and I, thought, I didn't really, right? I didn't really uh, pay it much mind. But, yeah, that was one of the notes that I did not, mm-hmm. I, I actually uh, omitted from my notes because I, I didn't really think much of it. But, yes, The Golden Child came out in the same particular time, and Carpenter actually said, what are the chances that two studios make a uh, Chinese supernatural <laughs> film at the same time? He said, slim to none. So, essentially, he's saying maybe that... Uh, the other studio kind of ripped off the idea and used Eddie Murphy and released their film or whatever. But uh, yeah, I you know, Golden Child to me and this are completely different. Like I'd, I'd never, Unrelated. other than the fact that they're both, yeah, to me, they, it's, I don't know. But yeah, I, I think it was used, like yeah. Chinese. I honestly think it was the title because it was so confusing. Because when my friend and I went, and I went to watch it way back in the day. We went to the movie theater, not even knowing what was playing, and we just saw this. And we're like, what the hell are we walking into? And we left the happiest people ever. You went to the theater with no... You didn't know what you were going to see? We had no idea what we were watching. Really? Well, no, but you went to, to watch the movie. Yeah, we went to, We were going to see a movie. We didn't know what to watch. We just went to the movie That's what theater. I'm saying. You didn't know... You didn't have a movie picked out. You just went to the theater and said, we're going to watch a movie. Yes. So it was happenstance that this film was airing at a time that was convenient for you when you actually went to the theater like oh this one's 20 minutes out let's watch this one. Oh, exactly and we almost walked out because of the title because we we're walking there my buddy's like i don't know about this big trouble in little china it sounds a little weird i don't think we should see it and i was like ah come on let's go that is fascinating i personally have never gone to the theater not only knowing the movie i was going to see but the time i was going to go see it so that is just that is weird this is growing up in hillsdale pennsylvania well, that is true. Yeah, small town. We drove twenty miles to do something, <laughs> and we were going to see a movie. <laughs> yeah, this is before internet, so you couldn't really get the movies and times and everything else. Yeah, we only had three channels on the TV. We were we were anything you could see not in your house was a bonus. Well, there you go. Yeah, that is true. So there you go. Uh, now let's get to the review itself. Uh, Joe, do you want to start this one? Go ahead. It's one of the truly great movies. I mean, there's. I mean, there's nothing really special about it, other than it just it feels good, right? I'm, Let me ask you this: When's the last time you saw it before rewatching it for this particular episode? About a year ago. Oh, okay. So you've kept up with it. <laughs> I do. I mean, I watch so, it every couple of years because I make my kids watch all the classics, and I make them watch Big Trouble in Little China. So you watch it on you have you either have it digitally or on, I'm sure you don't have it on DVD. No one has DVDs yeah. nowadays. So you actually own it on uh, digitally. So you watch it that way because it sure as heck isn't going to be played on uh, any movie channel or it's not on. I'm sure it's not on Netflix or yeah. No, I've Hulu. never seen it on any traditional source of movies. Okay, yeah. So you actually have it and you kind of just watch it. As an annual event, kind of like uh, Christmas. Yeah. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> every, 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 <laughs> After we're done watching Every summer, every, you set the family down. I feel like there was for years, though, that where it was on TV constantly. Is that... Really? Is that just me that 
we got because I've seen it. Maybe it's cable that I saw it. You know, maybe it was the Showtime or HBO or something. Where it was just like filler. I, I don't. I know ever, I've seen it a lot, but I don't know. The when I originally saw it, I I have to imagine it was a VHS renting it. Um, I do not know exactly when and where. Um, but I don't ever remember watching it like on TV. I think I've seen it maybe like, one time on cable. I I don't think I've ever seen it on cable. I think I've explicitly watched it. Like I put it in on DVD or, or VHS or uh, uh, streaming. And I think the time I did see it on cable, I immediately turned it off and went and played the full version because I didn't want to see it cut with commercial breaks. Oh, uh, yeah. They kill it, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. But I mean, this movie, it's just so yeah. great and it's so fun. I mean, it doesn't take itself too seriously. And I think it's 1980s poor special effects actually kind of help the movie. As opposed to hurting yeah, that it. I mean, puppet monster. Yeah, exactly. When the guy, when the guy's, you know, he, it's obviously a rubber suit that's about to explode. And it's absolute. I mean, it's wonderful. It's just there. There's nothing terrible about it. And I think if you'd made a really wonderful HD version of it, I'm really. That's what I'm worried about most with the remake, is that they spend so much time on special effects they take away the charm. Because those practical effects, you know, they were pretty good. I mean, the green fire looked terrible, but it was just. It was a fun movie. It didn't take itself too seriously. And it was just a great way to spend an hour and a half. Oh, yeah. No question. I, uh, so what what rating would you give it, Paul? Or Joe? Joe I mean, I give it the highest possible rating. Let's see. Uh, what is that? Opening night? Opening night. So in your mind, from the when you saw it till now, uh, it hasn't lost any charm. It's still as wonderful as it was. Um, as, as you remember it in the theater, it's still, when you watch it, it's, it still holds up in every way. I do. I still laugh at the main points when he shoots in the air and the rocks fall on his head. <laughs> See, I mean, everything. He's such a doofus, right? Exactly. I mean, the guy was he not really a hero. He's anti-hero. Yeah. Yeah. He's just. He was never the hero. I mean, he was a big goof the entire time. It's like, is that the first time you ever shot someone? He's like, looks at the gun. Of course not. <laughs> <laughs> he had no business oh. being there at all. And he just fumbled his way through it. And, and it had such charm, and it was so fun. I just love that movie just because, oh. you know, that's um, that's all I'm most worried about the remake is they try to take it too seriously and make it digital and ruin the fun. Yeah, yeah, that's it's possible. It is possible. But with uh, The Rock, who knows? You know, I think it could be just as fun. Uh, I don't think it'll be as good as the original, but I think it could get close. I don't think The Paul, Rock could possibly be fumbling, though. That's what I'm worried about. I know he plays... Um, like in get not get shorty. What's the sequel? Be cool. Is it he's he and be cool or get shorty? Where, he, where he's like the uh, gay, um, like dance. Like he he can play. He he's pretty diverse in his. He can play a different uh, uh, anti stereotype type character. So I think he could. I think he could play a big goof, goofy, uh, bumbling I, I, character. I think he I, can I, pull I off can the pull swagger. Out. I just worry about the the goofiness of it all because you know. When he shows up at the fight late <laughs> and everyone's already defeated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, obviously they'll have to change some, some aspects of it because he is a big uh, menacing character, right? So he's not going to be able to like get stuck with that guard stuck. <laughs> like he's like stuck and he can't get out. Yeah. I mean, there's going to be some different things about him, but I think he could pull off the basic general, um, the way that Jack Burton, his his character is. Just different ways, I, th- I think, maybe. Different aspects. Yeah, I just hope they get a good writer. Yeah. Paul, what do you say? Wow. Um, 
it, it's fun. Kurt Russell's always been good at being not too serious with himself, you know, not like... I mean, you can't really imagine many true action stars being being, being willing to make fun of themselves like this one does. It's good. I, I, I get... Some parts confuse me. Like, I'm still not sure... Kim Cattrall's character, who is she? I mean, I, I like she. <laughs> I mean, maybe I did I miss it in the movie, or I mean, she's at the airport, but it, it just never explains like who is she. You know, I don't know. And, and I guess I, 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 when I see her, you see her in the eighties. You see her as a, I see her as mannequin all the time, which is crazy. I don't. <laughs> um, but no, it's a it's a fun movie. I, I I have to give you that. I just again maybe did I miss something? Who is Kim Cattrall's character? Wow, she's in love interest of Jack Burton. Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> Read the script. I, I mean, how did she get even drawn into all, all of it? I, I get confused by well, it. Well, she was picking up some lady with green eyes, she and was, she got kidnapped. I, she's she's what like a woman's want? rights advocate, you know, working in Chinatown, <laughs> keeping these people away from the gangs. You know, because the Lord's in death. They're out at a joyride. You, they need, those women need protection. <laughs> the Lord's in death. Uh, I love it. I love it. All right, so, Paul, what do you give... What rating, in our rating system, do you give this movie? Oh. Honestly, I'd have to go second run. Oh, I'm telling you, Paul loves second me. run theaters. I'm telling you. Yeah, I tell you. I think his brother-in-law a owns a second run theater, and he gets in for free. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, I'm with you. Uh, I I love this film. It, ha- it when I watched it back in the day, and I watch it now. Uh, I haven't watched it in a very long time. So when I rewatched it specifically for this episode, I was hoping my nostalgia, like it wasn't all nostalgia, and I was watching it like, oh my god, what was I thinking? Because <laughs> that's happened before in different films. But this one, no way. I loved every second. Every uh, humorous moment was just as funny. Oh man, such a good film. I don't know if I'd give it the top rating um, because I, I kind of, you know, I'm stingy. Uh, I'm, I'm very stingy with my top rating, but I will definitely give it first run. Go see it. Uh, such a good movie. There's no, there's really no downside to this movie. Uh, yeah, Paul might want to know why Kim Cattrall's in it, but uh, don't worry about that. Just enjoy the movie. Go along yeah. for the ride because, man, what a ride it is. Go see it or I guess rent it or stream it or whatever you kids do nowadays. Do it. Watch it. Awesome film. Do you guys have anything else you'd like to add to this uh, movie rewind or movie? Yeah. Movie rewind. Big Trouble in Little China. And that's a throwback to the VHS tape when we had to please be kind. Rewind. It did have an interesting ending. I, I'll give you that. That cliffhanger. The Yeah. With the animal. Yeah. Come on, yeah. And that kind of like. Okay. But yeah. They wanted to have a sequel. So, just the the box office did not allow them to do so, I suppose. But man, what a oh, what a great film! All right, well, I think that'll wrap it up for this week's episode or this shows this show, I guess. <laughs> we don't really do it by weeks. It's hard for me to say that. So, for episode number five, Big Trouble in Little China movie rewind. Thank you, Paul. Thank you, Joe. Uh, it's been a great review. And until next time, please rewind. I don't know what <laughs> This is Jack Burton and the Pork Chop Express, and I'm talking to whoever's listening out there. Like I told my last wife, I says, honey, I never drive faster than I can see. Besides that, it's all in the reflexes.
Take his advice on a dark and stormy night when the lightning's crashing and the thunder's rolling and the rain's coming down and sheets thick as lead. Just remember what old Jack Burton does when the earth quakes and the poison arrows fall from the sky and the pillars of heaven shake. Yeah, Jack Burton just looks that big old storm right square in the eye and he says, Give me your best shot, pal. I can take it. Magic potion? Yeah. Thought so. Good. What do we do? Drink it? Yeah. Good. I thought so. 